0: Hello guys, today's guest is called Kenny and he is a multilingual teacher on italki. He grew up in Belgium and is living in Spain these days. I felt like I had to get Kenny onto my Flume podcast because he is not only learning several languages such as Afrikaans, Portuguese and Danish, but... He is also teaching many languages, such as English, French, Italian, Dutch and Flemish. So you can literally feel his passion for languages. And I think that we can all learn something from him. In this conversation we go about different topics, for example, how to find an online teacher that suits you, how introverts can get more speaking practice. We talked about language twitter, we touched on being a perfectionism in language learning. Kenny told us also about his language journey for example about learning Greek and Danish and many more. Be aware that this interview comes with a transcript and the interview is available on YouTube too. My name is Daniel Goodson and now let's jump into the interview. I am so thrilled because I just I can't make out if you are more passionate about teaching or about learning languages, which Ooh, is Ooh, that's a bit, awesome. that's a very
1: difficult uh, choice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's a combination of both, probably, I think. Yeah, it's probably the combination of both. So yeah, that I enjoy the most. Yeah, because I, I think as a teacher, it's very interesting to be a student, as a language teacher, to be a language student yourself to not forget how difficult it is to learn a language especially when you're a beginner I just started with Greek and it's very I'm, I'm frustrated because it's, it's not advancing so I have a student who is not advancing in Dutch and so I remain patient. I don't have any problem explaining something five times. Sometimes I have to explain something five times and it helps because I find myself in the same situation as that student because I'm starting a new language and I'm frustrated because it's, it's not advancing. It's not going fast enough for me or I have issues or I'm forgetting things. Yeah. And it helps for me personally. It helps me a lot when I'm a student myself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I love on your website, you have this mm-hmm. quote, which is Everyone is always simultaneously a student and a teacher. And yeah, this is that's true. so beautiful.
1: Yeah, because actually, yeah, I learn a lot from my students, not necessarily in the same capacity. They're not teaching me their language, even though sometimes they, they explain me stuff about their language. But I, I learn a lot of stuff about their culture, about their history, the history of their country, gastronomy, um, all kind of stuff. Yeah. They teach me. Yeah. They, they teach me stuff about their country in the language we're, we're studying. So... As a student, as a teacher, you're always, always, always a student because you're learning stuff. You you don't, there are a lot of things I don't know about Hungary, for example, but I have a student from Hungary and every time she explains me, oh yes, on Easter we do this, on for Christmas we do this, on holiday we we take holidays then and we go there. Yeah, you have to be very receptive. Yeah, you have to accept that your students are going to teach you stuff every time, every lesson I, I learn something new I sometimes I wonder who is learning the most are they learning the language that I'm teaching them or are they am I learning at the end of a lesson I have a lot of new information and I feel like okay I'm getting a lot back from my students even though they are paying me to to teach them to help them with their language they are also giving me they're paying me not only with money but also with knowledge so I feel like I'm very in a very lucky position because I'm, I'm getting paid for something I love doing. Plus my students give something from their life also to me.
0: Yeah. It seems to me that I have made the wrong career, right?
1: <laughs> you can always change. I, I've only been in this kind of yeah position for a few years now. Before I was, I was doing other stuff that I didn't like. Now I feel like I'm, I'm doing something that I, I, I love. So, and I've published this on social media. Sometimes I wake up in the morning and think, I I really don't want to work. (laughs) Like a lot of people, of course, I don't want to go to work. I don't want to start my day. I would like to be on holiday. But then every time it's every time the same thing. I start teaching. I see my student, we start talking. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And, and after that lesson, I have way more energy than before. I feel like, okay, my students give me energy because of course I'm doing something I love even though before I seem to have forgotten that I love teaching, then I start and then I I find my passion immediately back, not only because I love teaching, but also because my students. Yeah, my students are sometimes somewhere, I think most of my students are somewhere in between students and and friends. Of course, they're not friends, they're paying me and and we're, we're, we're studying something together. But sometimes I feel like they, I know them better than, than some people I would consider my friends. Because when you have a student, so I have some students I have three times a week an hour. I have not I had I don't have anyone in my life I see except for my dogs. I see more than, than I see three hours a week. And in, in three hours, of course you cannot start you cannot talk for an hour about COVID. Yeah, you could talk about COVID or the war in, in, in Hopefully Ukraine. Hopefully not. <laughs> you, start, <laughs> you start talking about things that happen in your life. What did you do yesterday? Mm. And a lot of our, my students, they start sharing very personal stories. Things that had, that have happened during the, the week or, or bad things that have happened. Because I think also this is a one-to-one setting. So they, they feel safe. I don't hit the... <laughs> record button. So mm-hmm. what they say to me, it, it stays in my head. It, I don't spread it around. So they feel a bit safe. So they're actually, actually yeah, practicing a language, but also sharing their, their problems or their passions or whatever, which is a very great thing. According to me, because a language you have to use for a lot of things, talking about COVID, talking about how you prepare a Spanish tortilla, but also about, yeah, sometimes the problems in your life.
0: And do you think that feeling comfortable with a teacher, is this like the most important thing, sort of? That Mm. when, when you are open, when you are free to speak, that that's the way when you are progressing the most, maybe
1: yeah I think the most important thing in, in language teacher is you, you feel at ease with your teacher and you're not afraid to make mistakes you just tell what you think and a lot of people when why do people choose a teacher and not like an, a language exchange because um, a teacher is not good is supposed not to judge you because you're making a mistake and not going to sell oh, that, that's wrong that's wrong no no you, you as a teacher you're going to explain why it is wrong why it is a mistake and, and together try to avoid the same mistake in the future and the most important thing to feel at ease and 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 to make mistakes because we all learn from our mistakes um, is when you can connect with a teacher you have to create a connection. And that's, that's not only interesting for the student, but also for the teacher. For me, it's very interesting if I connect with the student. If I feel like, okay, this is a, a lesson or a, t- a person I look forward to. Uh, I look forward to the lesson. I, I'm really, some, some students of mine, I'm like, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Today I have this student, this student. Oh, this is going to be an, an, a nice afternoon. So, and I think that's the most important thing. That's why some people, Especially in online teaching, they, yeah, they, you try. You have to try out different teachers. Sometimes you're lucky. For example, when I started with Catalan, the first teacher was a hit. I've had had fifty class lessons with him. I think I could stop now with lessons um, because my level is okay. I I I can have a conversation. I have a good level, but I continue with him because I, I sincerely like talking to the person. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's the most important thing. And sometimes. You have to, yeah, you have to trial and error when you, you, when you're looking for a teacher, you have to look for someone who you think, okay, I can connect with this person. We have the same interests. I like the way this person teaches. And sometimes that's not easy for Brazilian Portuguese. I had to try, try out three different teachers. And then in the end, okay, I found one, but sometimes it takes a while. I think for Danish, I've had five teachers, for example. I
0: see.
1: The important thing, I think, is especially if it's one to one if you you feel at ease, you think, okay, this is an, I'm looking forward to my lessons and that's important for the teacher, but also for the students.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And how do you go about it? I mean, when you are looking for a, a new teacher in the yes. language that you're learning, um, do you, mm-hmm. do you write a message in which you explain mm-hmm. how you would like to have the, the lesson or, Mm-hmm. Or how exactly do you go about it?
1: Yeah. So um, I always send, so I, I first look and, and check if there's someone I think, okay, maybe this is an interesting person, but it's very difficult, I think, to judge on based on, on a short video or a profile or reviews. But most reviews are raving reviews, but everybody learns in a different way. So I'm looking for something specific, something that's, that's good for me, that fits my profile. And I always send a message where I explain where I'm at, what level, and what I'm looking for. I'm mostly looking to reach a level where I can have a good conversation with a person. I don't focus on how to write because the most languages I use to communicate with other people. Um, But I do the same thing. as a teacher myself, when somebody books a lesson, a first lesson, I always reach out. I ask, what are you looking for? What's your level? How can I help you And I have my own web page that I send to the new student and where I explain already this is how I teach just to 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 let the student know
0: and yeah, I, let's talk. A little bit about Greek. You mentioned that Mm -hmm. you were learning Greek and I wonder what motivates you to learn Greek? Hmm, so
1: I like the country, I like the cuisine, I like the people, and for sure I'm going to visit the country many times in the future. So that's one motivation, of course, I will be able to use it. On the other hand, I love seeing and discovering the connections between languages. That's why I love Catalan so much because I see sometimes it feels a bit like Italian, sometimes a bit like uh, Spanish, sometimes a bit like French. I see the connections and that's something I love discovering while studying. And Greek is a fantastic language because it has influenced a lot of languages, eh? English, Italian, Spanish, German. So often I discover a lot of things that I thought, okay, these words are are from Italian and then they come probably from Latin, but in the end they turn out to come from, from Greek, from ancient Greek, and they survive until today. So I love studying it because I continue, every time I discover stuff, connections between Greek and other languages. It's amazing how strongly Greek has influenced English, for example. I didn't know that before I started studying the language. And another motivation is because it's another alphabet, and that might take me, um, it's not that different from the alphabet that uh, other Indian European languages, but still it's different. So I have to make an extra effort, and that might take me one day also to start a language that has a completely different alphabet. I tried with Japanese in the past. But I gave up because I lost motivation due to uh, a myriad of reasons. But this might be a step for me. Okay, this is a bit more difficult than other languages for me, and that might be for me a step that will take me to another language that has an another alphabet, a way more difficult alphabet. I don't know Thai or, but yeah, Japanese is still on my uh, on my bucket on my language bucket list, so it might be Japanese one day.
0: So it's all about making connections because another example, Mm -hmm. a great example Mm -hmm. I find is your website, which is Mm -hmm. called Mm somethingpolyglot.com. And Mm -hmm. I believe that poly comes Mm -hmm. also from the Greek. I I think polu. Mm -hmm.
1: My knowledge of Greek is not that, (laughs) I'm still at A1 level. So (laughs) I don't know what poly, poly, I, I thought poly probably means multiple or something. If I have to guess, so yeah.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you can use it for other languages. Another example is aphasia because Mm -hmm. you know, Bruce Willis, he -hmm. has aphasia, which is a disease in the brain and Mm -hmm. you can't communicate. Yeah. It's an awful disease. And Mm -hmm. for example, a means Mm -hmm. not. Mm-hmm. and phasia or phasia means to utter or to speak mm-hmm. yeah so mm-hmm. with this knowledge you can guess a lot of other stuff or assume and yeah it's, it's amazing it, the, yeah it's
1: amazing at the same time it makes it also easier to, to learn the language because you have something to hold on to yeah um, because you already I think so people say often, yeah, uh, for a polyglot or somebody who speaks multiple languages, it becomes easier. Well, learning a language is easy. Um, I, I, I totally disagree because I'm struggling with gr- Greek now. so it's not easier. but what becomes easier is that you see often connections. You can use the information you know from one language because the word is similar to learn another language, and that makes it it becomes easier to learn another language. For for me, for example, Greek is probably easier because I speak German. And in German, you have uh, accusative and, and genitive also. And in, in Greek, those exist also. So I don't have to uh, rewire my brain and understand what is an accusative, what is a, a genitive, because I already know it. So what becomes easier is because of those connections between the languages, it goes a bit I don't say, it's not easier. it goes a bit faster, I imagine, mm. for somebody like me who speaks multiple languages. I think that's the advantage when you speak multiple languages, there is a new language and then you see the connections. Of course, when I'm going to start with, if I retry Japanese, it won't be, probably it, it won't make a big difference that I speak other languages because there are little or probably no connections between Japanese and the languages yeah, I speak. I
0: see. Mm-hmm. And. What I find interesting is that even though you are a polyglot and you Mm -hmm. know several languages really Mm -hmm. well, but at certain points you struggled, I believe, when Mm -hmm. it comes to speaking some languages because you Mm -hmm. just didn't have the opportunity or or you didn't practice the speaking part Mm -hmm. of the language. Is that true? Um, So...
1: Nowadays, I feel a bit more uh, at ease to practicing l- languages um, or classes. But in the past, I, for example, Catalan, I started and I waited for eight months before I took my first lesson. So I had been studying it without speaking it. Yeah. So as an introvert, it's a bit more difficult to leave your comfort zone and start speaking and using the language. But you might also refer to the fact that sometimes it's difficult. I speak Danish, I study Danish, but I have never spoken the language outside of my italki classes because I've, I've never met a person who speaks Danish. <laughs> so I, I live in Madrid and it, probably there are Danish people in Madrid, but I haven't met them. And on the internet, so there are a few languages. For example, Catalan is a very easy language to find people who want to help you catalan people really want to help you they're available and they they reach out to you okay they send me messages yeah if you need help no problem for other languages it's the same maybe sometimes a bit less but for certain languages it's a bit more difficult danish yeah there are only five million native speakers so there are not many people and many of them uh probably don't find it, yeah, what I hear sometimes in from some countries like the Netherlands, Denmark, if you say, okay, I'm studying your language uh, and then they say, why? Everybody speaks English here. While in other countries, like in people who, who live in regions or countries where Catalan is spoken, they feel more like they're very much supported. They say, thank you, thank you for learning my language. And as such, they also want to help you. And then it's it's easier to find people. I, I, I have language exchange. I've been to uh, Barcelona recently and I met people and I spoke for an entire day in, in, in Catalan. That would be way more difficult when if, if I were to go to Denmark. I don't know anyone in Denmark. <laughs> so, um, and the problem is often if you do go to a country where the level of English is very high. And like in my home country, in the northern part, most people speak English in the Netherlands, in the northern countries, Scandinavian countries. So they hear you are a foreigner and immediately they switch to English. And you don't get the opportunity to practice the language. And then you have to be very assertive to say, no, I want to speak your language. If you're a bit insecure, if you're afraid of making mistakes, then you switch to English and you don't advance. Yeah.
0: Do you have some tips maybe for the introvert persons out there hmm. who want to, to speak more often maybe, but they just don't get the chance or they are timid yeah. and because yeah. I consider myself to be an introvert. So sometimes yeah. I struggle a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah. it's um, huh. This is very, very difficult, I think, because if you want to practice speaking, you have to speak. And the problem for an introvert is the speaking part is out of our comfort zone so you have to leave your comfort zone and that's not easy and because how do you leave your comfort zone by, by forcing yourself to leave that zone the only thing i can tell from my own experience every time it gets a bit easier because i'm now in a podcast this is out of my comfort zone but i feel rather at ease why do i feel at ease because i've done this the past uh, six months, four times. This is the fourth time, it gets easier. And this is the same with, I think, with every activity you don't like doing or you don't want to do. Um, So you have to force yourself, find a way to leave your comfort zone. For some people, I think it might help if you reach out to someone you know a little bit. So I'm, I'm very active on Twitter. I know people. And it's way easier for me to say, okay, let's, let's have a chat. Let's do a, a language exchange. I know you a bit. For example, when I started having online lessons, I, I didn't know, I, I was very nervous, out of my comfort zone, way out of my comfort zone. So what did I do? There was someone on Twitter who is an italki teacher who teaches French, a language that I'm, I'm a teacher. I, I teach French. So I, I didn't really need lessons, but I had an, a French lesson with that teacher but that person that I, I knew a little bit in a language that I know. So it's, it's like yeah. leaving your comfort zone, but still, yeah, I was still standing with one foot in the, my comfort zone. And for me, it's easier to leave slowly my comfort zone than very, oop, to jump out of yeah. my comfort zone. <laughs> Same thing with, yeah, this, for example, is out of my comfort zone, but it's easy because I've done it a few times. So the more you do something, the easier it, it becomes Some sometimes, not always. And I think that's a bit the problem for an introvert because the first time you do something, you're, you're nervous, you start sweating, you, you might not sleep the day before. And the second time, it might be the same or even worse. But then maybe the third time, the fourth time, it gets easier. I've had 1,700, I think, lessons on italki wow. this year, <laughs> in, in one year, and when I have a new student, I'm still nervous. But I'm less nervous than six or seven months ago because I have been doing it on a regular basis. Almost every week I have a new student and it becomes easier. And it's the same with if when you're learning a language, you want to practice it. But yeah, you're a bit introvert. Then you have to force yourself to do it. And it sounds easier than it is because... I've been there. You're 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 nervous. You start sweating. You you don't you you want to cancel even before you say, oof no, no I'm going to send a message that I'm sick. I don't want to do it." But you have to yeah, you have to go through with it. You have to you, yeah. Mm. There is no there is no easy solution. There is no way you're as an introvert if you're not used to doing. There's no easy way. You you'll you'll be nervous. You have to accept before you do it, you have to accept that you're going to be nervous. Yeah, yeah. You have to accept and and you go for it because I've never ever had a negative experience with with yeah leaving my comfort zone. It's I was nervous. Uh, I might be yeah, I, I might not have even slept the day before when I left my comfort zone. But it was negative, negative because afterwards, often you feel very... I've I've done something that I thought was impossible.
0: Yeah. And that's very powerful. Because
1: afterwards, then you think, okay, I've done this once, and then we're going to try it again. But I know it's easier said than done, because I was there hiding in my comfort zone.
0: (laughs) And you also mentioned Twitter. So Mm -hmm. I stumbled upon the hashtag language Mm -hmm. Twitter. I think Mm -hmm. it's, it's Lang and then T W
1: T. T. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's it. That's right.
0: Maybe you could explain what it is all Mm -hmm. about. So Twitter is like the world
1: and Lang T W T is like a village. So with Twitter, you can connect with the entire world. If you want to talk to just a part of the world, just your village, that language village where we talk about languages, then you use that hashtag and you, you reach people who have a similar interest. I would call it like a sub-community. A sub-community that I find very much yeah, a positive community. Twitter is often a very negative community where people attack other per- people because they have a different opinion, but like in politics. I'm left, you're right, and we, we don't talk to each other, we yell to each other. While in, in this case, these are people who share the same passion or interest, languages, language learning, and they talk to each other, share stories, share research, reach out to each other. I, I want to start Vietnamese. Who studies Vietnamese here? It's a small community, so it's easier to commun- to reach those people that can help you. So um, f- I used Twitter in the past more. I studied political science, so I have an interest in politics, and I used Twitter to talk to follow, yeah, people, journalists, stuff related to politics. And for five years I didn't u- use Twitter because it was too negative. It's very negative. I think uh, we should raise the taxes. I think we should lower the taxes, and people start yelling. People don't listen to each other. While with Lang TwT it's more. Helping each other, supporting each other. There are some negative sides also because sometimes people feel, yeah, with a failure because they haven't studied. People re- yeah. People also share their progress. And that can, but uh, the other side, there are also people who share their struggles. I sometimes say, oh, yeah, I didn't do anything uh, this week. Or it's uh, personally uh, in, in this few weeks, I'm, I'm going to do something personal a rough patch and I, I'm not able to study. So I share that. I tell mm-hmm. you, okay, so th- th- this is, this is life. Sometimes you have ups and downs and language learning is the same. So, um, I think, yeah, this is, I, I found this something very positive because I've, I've met people through this, this, this hashtag, like digital, oh, yeah, almost digital friends. It yeah. has helped me also because I've made it's, I find it very difficult to say friends, but some people that, like if the the people who I talk to on Twitter would live in the same city, I would meet up with them probably once a week, grab a coffee or a beer, and we. Sh- we I, I I know we would probably become friends because we ha- we share. I know them because we have been talking for over. Some people I, I talk to every day, so they feel a bit like friends. But you digital. But friends. you mean
0: talking via Zoom or. Do you mean no, no. I feel um, I
1: really on, um, on Twitter we share yeah. somebody shares something and then there's the the, the, the advantage, the big the difference between something like Instagram and, and 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 Twitter is on Twitter you can have a conversation. Somebody publishes something, somebody else responds, and another person responds, and you start talking, and you have a conversation, a short conversation. But that can lead to some something more. You can say okay, um, the private messages. It, well, Do you want to chat? I've had people who reached out to me, I I want to chat with you about my language learning. Mm -hmm. I've had somebody who was in difficulty and had lost his passion, and then we we chatted for an hour on on Zoom or on Skype. So it can lead to something more. I've had language exchanges thanks to Twitter, people who I, yeah, we did a language exchange, and we even I met up with people I've met on Twitter. Um, A few of them live in Barcelona. I actually went to Barcelona to meet these people because I wanted to meet some uh, people I had been talking to on the internet for months, which confirmed also my idea that I would easily, I think, become friends. I don't know if they want to be friends with me (laughs) in real life, but I, I know that I like these people. I like talking to these people. It's easy to talk to these people because I know them. We have to share the same interests and I could easily become friends with these people.
0: Yeah, that is so beautiful. And to me it's Mm -hmm. sometimes it's dangerous because you start scrolling Mm -hmm. and you see something fantastic and there is no end, right? So sometimes Mm -hmm. maybe I should just take some uh, time from, from looking at my mobile phone, but it's with everything, right? So Mm -hmm. we shouldn't blame Twitter on that. Everyone is responsible.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 you should, yeah. I think for me, I'm now, the, the pandemic is now, I think <laughs> somewhat under control. Yeah. So it's time for me also to spend less time online and more offline. So I'm trying to build my social life here in, in Madrid, the city where I live. And, and what less on, on, on the internet, I think you have to yeah, it's a bit like language. Some people exaggerate, I think. I know a few people, I think, Oof, you're 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 doing a lot, you're studying a lot. And I, I also come from a period, a few months, where I've studied a lot. So now, actually, for a few reasons, I've actually decided to reduce, to try to focus on two languages. Before, I was focusing on, on six or seven languages. Every week, I was doing something for all these languages, and it was a bit too much. Yeah. Um And I think for an introvert, languages are also a very safe environment because it's something you can do on your own. You can take a book and start studying without using it. You can study a language without using it, of course. That's what I also did in the past. And for an introvert, it might be a very safe environment because, yeah, you don't have to leave your comfort zone. I think for many people, like digital friends are easier friends because you don't have to meet them on twitter yeah you, you 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 have time to 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 think in real life you don't have time yeah. you somebody asks you you have to answer on twitter you can what i'm going to write and then people mm, i'm not going to publish it in real life of course you have to you have to talk immediately you have to give an answer you don't have you don't really have time i think that's a bit the fear that many people have because when you have and um, so I, I speak Catalan and when I have a lesson, I make some, some mistakes are like five times during the same lesson because I don't have time to think, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when you are alone and you're studying, you have an exercise or you have, you want to write something. Oof, yeah, you can look up things. You're in a very safe environment. You don't make mistakes. And I think I mean, you don't, you make less mistakes. You have more time to think for a lot of people that's safer. Then, for example, speaking, because when you speak, you make more mistakes. In Italian, you have a very beautiful saying that I I keep on using a lot, even when I'm not teaching Italian, sbagliando sin para. While making mistakes, you learn. You you, you learn from your mistakes. That's what it means. So, in my opinion, as a teacher, it's way more interesting to make mistakes and then then somebody tells you, no, it's wrong, it should be this. Then... When you yourself are uh, writing something, doing yeah. something, and you look it up. And because most of the times you, you, we use the language when we're speaking, and you don't have time to, to think. But we, if you really want to advance in language, I think um, you have to speak the language, because then everything comes a bit together. You're in the moment, you don't have fact, a lot of time to think, you have to look for all the information. And I think then you realize often what your real level in a language is. Because, uh, I think somewhere on my social media is something written like speaking is when magic happens in language learning. Because then a lot of things come together. The knowledge you know, and sometimes you you discover that you know more than you thought. Yeah. I had a lesson a few weeks ago Danish. After two weeks, I hadn't studied Danish, and and I was I was surprised. Oh, I I remember this word. I still remember this word. So sometimes speaking is not only to advance, but also to realize what you know. And I think some people who don't practice a language, so they they might be surprised what they're capable of. But some people underestimate their their knowledge. And when they start using the language, sometimes they re, they they, they oof, they're surprised. Mm-hmm. A bit like when you're studying for an exam and you think, oof, yeah, I, I don't know." And then you see the, you see the question and you start, oh yeah, yeah oh yes yes I remember I remember and you start writing which is is great for your self-esteem because yeah, yeah. it's, 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 it's all also something related to leaving your comfort zone. When you leave your comfort zone, very often your self-esteem goes up, not only because you leave, you're leave strong enough to leave your comfort zone, but also because you see the results.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I remember that correctly, but I think that you mm-hmm. said on the interview on the Language Come Up channel you said something that you were mm-hmm. a perfectionist, or maybe I mm-hmm. didn't yeah. got that right. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, no, no, I'm a perfectionist. So definitely. is
0: it difficult then? I mean you are learning several languages mm. at the same time and being a perfectionist can maybe easily burn you mm. out, right? Or
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm a perfectionist, but Maybe I should say I used to be a perfectionist because I think, just as I would say, I used to be a complete introvert Mm -hmm. because I don't think I'm a complete introvert anymore. I used to be a complete perfectionist. So I think I'm old. I'm 38 38 years old. So I have my history and I can see that I'm moving away from those positions because life teaches me. That, yeah, perfectionism doesn't help you. It's it's impossible. You cannot be perfect. Perfect is also boring. <laughs> if everything were perfect, if my knowledge of Catalan were perfect, I, I yeah, I would stop probably. So um, I think many people are perf- perfectionist and think, okay, this helps, this motivates me to improve, which is something positive. The problem is, if you're a perfectionist, your standards are very high. Your standards are impossible. And I think I've moved away from that. And I, I I feel when I'm speaking a language, I still feel whenever I make, feel a mistake, I feel like ooh, I made a mistake. It's not good enough. But I've also learned to not to, to to keep on making mistakes, to continue, to accept. Sometimes I feel ridiculous when I'm speaking a language when I make the same mistake for the fifth time. But I I I, I continue. And I think the most important thing is just to, yeah. Even if you're an introvert or if you're a perfectionist, just to 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 go for it and and to c- continue, even though it's it's not always easy. I've been in the position where I was one, maybe one, no, maybe ninety-five percent no, introvert or ninety-five percent perfectionist. <laughs> it, it's it's yeah. not easy, but you have to take, yeah, maybe small steps. I
0: can or, imagine. But you you yeah. being a teacher, mm-hmm. a language teacher, so mm-hmm. does it shine through that you are an introvert person? Or in other words, mm. uh, does your style vary from, let's say, from another teacher who is very extrovert? Can we make out the difference? Or, or, or you could also just explain a li- little bit about your teaching mm-hmm. style. Mm.
1: Um, so, I keep on saying I'm an introvert, I keep on saying I'm timid, I keep on saying I'm a perfectionist, and often I get the answer back: oh, I would never have thought that you're were that you an introvert. Mm-hmm. I had an, an interview with uh, a teacher from my talkie, teacher Ryan, and I published the link, and then I wrote, yeah, even though I'm an introvert and timid, um, yeah, I did this, I left my comfort zone because somebody asked me to talk about languages. Um, and then we had talked for an hour, I think, and then he, he wrote to me, I, I, I would never have guessed you were an introvert. So I think I'm not that kind of introvert, not as introvert as in the past, but I think also I'm maybe able to hide it a bit. And also it's way easier to leave your comfort zone if people ask you to do something you like yeah. i love talking about languages i love talking about language learning so this is like yes i i, I don't care i'll jump out of my comfort zone because somebody asks me to, to talk about something i love talking about um, is my teaching style different from somebody's an extrovert probably but i think everyone has his own teaching style i think maybe for me it's more easy it's easier to connect with a person who's also an introvert. I have a few students and I feel like they feel at ease because I share, I tell them, okay, I'm an introvert, I have difficulties, I did this, I I give them also, sometimes they share their their stories, their difficulties, and then I give my advice based on my experience. I think an introvert often feels at ease when he knows, when they know that the, the teacher is also an introvert. Because then they say, okay, this person will understand me better than somebody who is not an introvert. Something similar, I think, I have a few um, gay students. And I think some students choose me because I'm gay. Because they feel more at ease with a gay person. Which, yeah, I I don't know if they choose me for that reason or they chose me for that reason the first time. But I think for some people, especially when you're introvert, maybe it's easier to connect with people who are similar. I think. I don't know. You should ask every single (laughs) student. It's very important, especially when you want one-to-one, when you have one student, one teacher, the, the connection between the teacher and the student is important. And every person learns in another way. Every person looks for something specific. Something unique. We're all unique. Every student is unique. Every teacher is unique. And you have to find, yeah. you have to, yeah, you have to, yeah, this is a bit like Tinder. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Tinder, yeah, yeah absolutely. where the student and the, 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 where the student and the teacher actually choose each other. Because they say, okay, I feel at ease with this person. And I feel at ease with this person. Let's, let's learn together. Because often it's not about teaching. It's about, I, I also explain, we're, we're learning together because everybody learns it in a different way, so the teacher also has to know how to teach that yeah. particular student. Every teacher has his own style, or has their own style, but yeah, every student is also different, so um, what makes my profession, or my situation where you teach one-on-one challenging is that you have to adapt your teaching style every time to every student. It makes it
0: interesting and challenging yeah. at the same time. I like that, yeah. and once I remember that I wanted to have a Mm -hmm. lesson in Italian and I reached out to the teacher and I wrote Mm -hmm. him that I wanted to just to speak even though I was Mm -hmm. at the beginner level. So, But I just wanted to speak, Mm -hmm. right? This was for me the most important thing. And then the lesson began and the teacher would just Mm -hmm. make like a a, a monologue and then I explained that I wanted to speak because in my opinion, even if I am a beginner, Mm -hmm. I can have a lesson by just bubbling Mm -hmm. together, right? Because this is what I need because if I wanted to have like a monologue, Mm -hmm. then I can listen to, yeah, to podcasts and I I really wanted to Mm -hmm. speak, but it didn't match Mm -hmm. because the teacher... He, he, he's, he t- told me that I needed the, the basics, but I, I wanted the basics by yeah. having a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's a bit like, yeah. What
1: I told before the trial and error exactly. when you're looking for a teacher. If you send the the teacher a message, I want to speak, and then you don't speak. I've heard this before. Somebody recently told me she was looking for a German teacher. She wrote, I want to speak German. She had some basics. And, yeah, the lesson was almost completely in English. Yeah. So if the teacher doesn't listen to you, yeah, then you look for another one. You look for another teacher. This is, yeah, the trial and error. Might be lucky and then find somebody who is an, a yeah. complete match, or you might be uh, yeah, might might not be your lucky day, and you will have to look for somebody else. Um, I think that's the reason why it's important when you're looking for someone. There is communication beforehand. That's why I always send a link with my web page where I've published. This is my teaching style. Then people know already. This is how I teach, and if if they don't like something, they tell me. I had one student. Recently who told me, yeah, oof, no. because I usually, I use a Google document and I write stuff down. And she told no, that that's too much pressure for me. I, I, I just want to, I, I just want to have a conversation. So I, I adapted. I didn't use a Google document during the lesson but I sent her a Google document with some tips and, and mistakes afterwards. So it's, it's very, this is very important as a student to be assertive enough to say, okay, I want, maybe you like a teacher, but something is not going well. So send a message. A lot of pe- teachers are very, yeah, accept criticism as, especially when, when you say what you want. I, I, I told my Greek teacher, we had a lesson and too much grammar so I wrote sorry but it it was too much grammar I would like to have more conversation and the next lesson my teacher adapted his style to what I asked but if you don't have that communication then things are going to get wrong yeah because I it's very difficult if you have a new student immediately to to understand okay what what does this student want after half an hour even sometimes I I don't have a good idea the the level because the, the first lesson some some students are a bit nervous and that when you're nervous your level sometimes is a bit lower you make more mistakes and then after sometimes it takes yeah three four lessons when i have like okay this this is the level there are the issues but it helps also when the student tells okay this is this is my issue i want to work on this so and there i try to ask questions to find out what the student wants but if you, the teacher doesn't ask you questions you you can always reach out and tell okay this is what I want. Of course, if the teacher doesn't listen to you and you tell, I want conversation and and there's no conversation, (laughs) yeah, then it's not going to be a match probably and you should maybe look for another teacher or explain again, depending on, yeah, what if you want to continue or not with that person.
0: Yeah. And let's transition to another topic Mm -hmm. because I think you are mm-hmm. also an avid podcast listener. Yeah, and I think, that's right. I uh, listen to podcasts every day. <laughs> I think it's an amazing way also to learn languages. So maybe you could tell us yeah. about mm-hmm. one of your favorite podcasts and maybe how you use them to learn a language. Yeah. So, uh,
1: yeah. But my favorite podcast is actually a podcast I don't use for language learning, but it could be interesting for other people. There is Wake Up, um, I think Wake Up To Money, it's called, from the BBC. I don't have a big knowledge about the economy, and there they explain um, things that are going on in the world related to the economy. Why could this podcast be, for example, interesting? It's always the same person who presents. So a a person often uses the same expressions, Vocabulary. So um, the vocabulary, the expressions repeat, at the idioms, the phrasal verbs repeat themselves. You get exposure, and this is how we you, you learn a language. If it, if you hear every every morning the same um, phrasal verb, the same uh, idiom, eventually you're going to pick it up. But this is something. Yeah, I don't really use it. I teach English, so it's interesting. Also, it, it's for me. It's it's interesting, but I don't really use it to learn a language. But I think for podcasts, especially if you're not specifically looking for podcasts that are made for learners, when you have a certain level, it's interesting to have authentic material. The most important thing is to find something you find interesting. I'm interested in everything related to self-help. So when I started studying Catalan, I looked for a podcast on that subject. And then you have two birds with one stone. Because you're learning something interesting in a language you're studying. So um, I think the most important thing is to find something you find interesting. It's a bit the same with when you're studying a language and one chapter is on, I don't know, football and you're not into football, skip it because you're not going to use that vocabulary in in your day-to-day life. You're probably not going... I'm not going to talk about football (laughs) with uh, anyone because I'm not interested. I'm not going to study the vocabulary. If you're not into cooking yet it's probably not so interesting to know the difference between a certain ways to cook uh, vegetables focus on things that you know you find interesting and you know you're going to use the same thing with podcasts. choose something you're interested in because if you're interested in something it will be way more easier to continue it will be easier to listen to something for half an hour if you're not interested in the subject yet skip yeah. it choose material this is a mistake I made in the past. I, I had an, a book, an Assimil book, and there was a chapter on uh, how to fix a car. And I studied it. But <laughs> I, I have no interest in car. I don't know how to fix a car in my native language. So why did I study the vocabulary in Brazilian Portuguese on fixing a car? So skip the material. Just look for something you're interested in. Listen with podcasts, look for something you're and interested in. Is it easy to yeah.
0: find mm-hmm. let's say a podcast in Afrikaans or Greek? <laughs> mm. Yeah. <sighs> but Greek
1: I don't know because I don't have I, I, I have a very low level. Um, for some languages it's more challenging. Danish, for example, is a real challenge. I found something now for my level But it's one thing. Afrikaans, I have one podcast I've been listening to. The advantage is I could... With Afrikaans, my native language is Dutch. So I I could listen to the radio. I could listen to whatever podcasts Because I can understand everything. Because it's very close to my native Dutch. Um, But for example, Danish, I have very... I have difficulties finding material. I cannot listen to the radio. I cannot listen to the news. Because I can understand kind of what they're talking about. But it's, it's too... It's too too difficult to enjoy it. Catalan is easy peasy because I can use my knowledge of other languages to fill in the gaps from the start actually. For some languages, it's more challenging to find material. Of course, if you're studying English or French or German even, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of people are studying this language spoken by many people, so there's a lot of material available. Afrikaans, yeah, if you're looking for material that you can use when you're learning the language and your level is low, it's very challenging to find something. The options are limited. Could you imagine
0: to produce your own podcast?
1: Ah, that's an interesting question.
0: It is an interesting question because I'm actually
1: considering my own podcast because, so my native language is Dutch, but in its Belgian variety. Some people call it Flemish, but we, we usually call it just Dutch or Belgian Dutch. Um, and there's not a lot of material available. So when you're studying Dutch, I think 90% is uh, the Dutch from the Netherlands. The Dutch that is uh, spoken in the Netherlands with that accent, with the vocabulary they use. Now, the differences are not so big, but there are differences um, and the, there is no material. Yeah, especially podcasts, maybe two or three. So my idea at the moment I'm I'm working on I'm making creating my own project, making a podcast for intermediate students with and exercises, to have kind of a side project to my teaching because my teaching is is my thing my cup of tea this is what I, I imagine now and never say never but I probably. I'm going to do this till I retire and maybe <laughs> after I've retired because I love doing this, I might continue, but I'm considering my side project where I create my own podcast with transcripts and then, yeah, uh, exercises, um, to have like a side project, um, next to my teaching.
0: Yeah. And do you have a name in mind already? Hmm. So. Uh, I
1: think last year I, I started a new Instagram account um, where I used what's called Vlaams Onder Onsje, which, which would be like a uh, Flemish date or something in, in Dutch, uh, because my idea was, okay, to publish something every day related to Flemish. But yeah, it's not where my heart is. Podcast. I've always been a radio lover. I studied actually radio journalism at university. Um, so I think I might use that name for the podcast. I don't know. I'll see how it goes. I, I tried Instagram and publishing every, every, but I didn't feel, um, I didn't feel a connection, <laughs> <laughs> so I think I might be uh, a podcast might be an, uh, an idea for something I, I think I might enjoy but again it's out of my comfort zone so this would mean again that I have to leave my comfort zone because listening to my own voice is not something I enjoy and it's it's yeah there's a perfection I'm a perfectionist mm-hmm. so fear of failure yeah, so this is again you're
0: used to it yeah. now to get out of your comfort zone Oof, <laughs> yeah so yeah you have well to get going. yeah mm, yeah <laughs> yeah um, maybe
1: i'm used to it but it's 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 still not easy just like learning an, a new language is not easy maybe it gets easier but it's still not easy so i, ha- I have to make yeah. an effort i have to force myself so now again i'll probably have to force myself to start a podcast and Maybe I'll fail, maybe it will be a success, and then I'll uh, transfer, and then afterwards I'll, I might continue, or I might Kenny, do something else. do you
0: have any favorite mm-hmm. expression? This could be in English, or in a- any other language.
1: Yeah. Um, the first one that comes to mind is actually in Catalan, because it was the first expression I, I, I learned in Catalan. It's called tocat del Bullet." In English, that would mean touched by the mushroom. And when you're touched by the mushroom, you're a bit crazy. Because in the past, so people who ate these uh, mushrooms, a long time ago, people who ate these uh, mushrooms in, in uh, somewhere in one of the regions where Catalan is spoken, they started behaving crazy. So probably there was some substance in the, in the mushrooms <laughs> that people uh, started behaving uh, crazy or a bit yeah, high. And That's why they have the expression tocat del bullet, touched by the mushroom.
0: That is cool. <laughs> Unfortunately, I am not uh, speaking that language, but it sounds fun. Not yeah. yet, yet. Not yet. yet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, not yet. Who knows? So Who knows?
0: Thank you yeah. very much, mm-hmm. Kenny. It was really cool, and mm-hmm. maybe you want to tell okay. us where people can find you, where they can maybe take mm-hmm. lessons with you. Well, the easiest
1: thing is just my website, somethingpolyglot, one word, .com. And there you have links to my italki profile, but also my social media. So if anyone wants to
0: reach out, no problem. I always answer. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much, Kenny. You're welcome. It was my pleasure. Actually, now I'm really thinking of taking Italian classes with Kenny. And yeah, just so you know, I am not an affiliate of him. Maybe I should just give it a go dive into the italian speaking that would be a lot of fun i guess the music that you're listening to is by scott holmes upbeat party so the next interview will probably be the interview with charlie from the united states who is learning spanish in a very cool way he's using virtual reality chats or he is playing games online or he is taking Duolingo lessons and also he takes online lessons and records them and publishes them on YouTube. And here comes a short clip of Charlie speaking about his language journey. See you the next time!
1: Before I started learning Spanish, I never really understand the idea of learning another language. Because it's me now, I realize all the things I don't know. So I always focus on the the things that I don't know how to do. And and that was not something that I realized before that other people are going through who, who are learning English or something like that. It gives you a lot more respect for anyone who's learned a, another language because... Just because you can have a conversation about some things, there might be com- completely other topics that are just off limits, like there is for me. You know, I'm always struggling with the language, but I'm so happy that I can do the things that I can do now, like get to know people or ask for help in things.